Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of the podcast. This is Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. And it's in October now. So, Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Well, it is um, in October when we'll be playing this uh, particular podcast when it gets posted on the website. Mm -hmm. But we're actually recording on the um, afternoon of September 29th. I don't know if anybody knows what uh, is important about that day. Okay, what is that? Yeah, by the time you listen to this, you might uh, say, oh, I know what that was. That was the first presidential debate of this term uh, or this season, this uh, election season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is later tonight, isn't it? Yeah, 9 o'clock tonight. And um, so anyway, uh, it was interesting. I was listening to a show on the radio earlier today, and um, they had a a commercial, a local brokerage firm that does a daily, I guess, uh, comment on the markets and that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I found it interesting because uh, the announcer for the, or the narrator or whatever for that commercial said to the broker, said, uh, so tonight we have the first presidential debate of the year. Uh, what, uh, what does that hold for the markets in, the, in uh, your opinion? And uh, he went on to say, well, you know, if this happens, then this is probably what the market will do. But if this other thing happens, then the market will probably do that. And we're watching it for you to make sure that we can move you in the right direction and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, um, I sure am (laughs) glad that's not where I'm at. (laughs) In another life, I was there. I mean, thinking that all these kind of things really drive your investment uh, structure and philosophy and everything. But um, just over time, come to realize that that's a lot of noise that all it does, it creates expense in your portfolio and probably drives you in the wrong direction for the long haul. And, That's a great um, point. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just enjoyed the debate tonight. By the time you hear this, you'll be waiting for the vice presidential debate and then the remaining two presidential debates. Uh, if they ha- all happen, I don't know that they'll all come to be. Uh, yeah, we'll see how the yeah. first one goes. Because, yeah, we're taping this yeah. on Tuesday, and we'll put it up on the, the web pages there in the podcast site on Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Everybody will kind of know what happened. And, and not because I expect anything in particular, but uh, I, I didn't realize until just recently that debates are not that common a thing until just uh, since 2008, really. There had been a long hiatus. You know, we now, hear yeah, the first that. one was back in 1960 with Kennedy and Nixon. Right, the first one of the modern era. But we all hark back to the romanticized one between Stephen Douglas and Abraham Lincoln in a Senate race back in the 1850s. And, uh, you know, Stevens won that debate and, and went on to win the Senate seat. Uh, Lincoln lost, but then he went and won the uh, presidential election. But you're right, until about 1960, I think it was, there were no presidential debates uh, as we know them now, at least. And, and that was the uh, first televised one. I know that. Yeah, it was that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So And a little bit different. Stuff. No, very interesting. And a little bit different, uh, you know, context, of course. Uh, obviously, the 1961 was pretty pretty uh, heated there was a lot going on in the world as well too so you know maybe there you know nixon supposedly nixon lost that a lot of people feel like that election uh, a lot of people forget that he actually ran for president long before he was president but uh, he lost that because he seemed nervous and uncomfortable and uneasy and you know it was the first televised one so i'm sure there was you know pancake makeup on his face like crazy back then and the hot lights and then again jfk was just suave and smooth so he, yeah, you know, yeah. he kind of had the, the, the deck stacked against him. Now we found out later what was going on with Nixon, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. In fact, they said that uh, people that listened to that debate on the radio thought Nixon had blown it out and just won that debate hands down. People that watched on television saw him sweating. So he the actually way. had yeah. you know, the five o'clock shadow.
shadow that a lot of his advisors said, you get the five o'clock shadow at 1030 in the morning. You know, so he just he he's just been in the hospital. It was kind of funny, though. They said, you know, he was healthy then. And Kennedy was not healthy, but he looked healthy. But he looked so. healthy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he came across much better on television, and he actually knew how to use the medium, which is very true. Kind of similar to what we have today with uh, Trump having so many years on television. And very true, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, never underestimate the power of a, a good television presence, right? So, That's right. That's right. well, you know, we've got an interesting show lined up. So again, in, enjoy. Uh, well, hopefully, whatever happens yeah, this evening, yeah. well, who knows? It could be uh, it could be a whole different narrative and and tomorrow. But uh, right. for today, we're going to talk about following some quote unquote financial commandments. On this episode, we'll present you with five commandments that are worthy of you know being written obviously on the on the stone tablets, and they're in our religion. So we'll do kind of a a financial take on some of those, if you will. And so, and we'll hopefully, not offend anybody. We're just kind of taking a little approach at taking a look at these, but. I'll just jump in and start tossing them out to you, and you kind of give me what you think it would be. So we we had a little fun and altered these a bit. It says, thou shalt not compare your investments to the stock market without the proper context. Kind of to your point with the uh, the conversation you heard on the radio earlier, where mm-hmm. you know if you don't have it in context, the market moving left and right every other day is going to drive you nuts. It sure will. Yeah, sure will. And, you know, a lot of people do look at uh, the, at least the nightly news and they'll hear it. Oh, the Dow Jones did this today and the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. And, you know, that's one place where there's often a lack of context. What, what is that? And, yeah. uh, you know, the Dow Jones is just 30 humongous companies. And just looking at what their movement is for the day, the S&P 500 is a little more helpful. And that is 500 large companies. Although they're the, all large companies. Yeah, although the five kind of control a lot of it, the uh, tech stocks right now anyway. A lot of them are run by that. In fact, it's really so 30% interesting. 30% or something, just a I think. Very, yeah, very few of those stocks move the whole index. Uh, and so the rest of the market is not doing uh, as much of the moving of that index to, to, you know, when you're trying to measure what's going on. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's that lack of understanding a lot of times about, you know, what is it I'm looking at? And then when you just think about how you're invested, not a whole lot of people just buy large U.S. stocks. Now, if you're a brokerage firm, <laughs> a lot of times that's what I see is large U.S. stocks. And, you know, it's wonderful when the market's going crazy in the U.S., but there are times when it doesn't. In fact, the S&P 500 very seldom is the best performing asset class. So if you're invested more conservatively than just loading up with all your eggs in one basket on one asset class like large U.S. stocks, you can't really measure what you're doing compared to what the quote market is, whatever you view the market as being, whatever you're measuring with. Mm-hmm. So to get a better idea, uh, you know, when you're starting to think, well, is my portfolio performing as it should? You need to look at, well, how are you structured? Are you, are you in a well-diversified global portfolio where you're in both U.S., international, large, small, value, growth? I'm throwing out some terms there that may not mean anything to some folks, but you can get the idea that there's more than one way to invest, just not large growth stocks like the- Right. Uh, a lot of times, many 401ks and IRAs, a lot of times, or target funds, things of that nature, are typically are large cap. Right. Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. Now, there's very large cap, so. mid cap, small cap, but a lot of times they're typically weighted one direction. Yeah, very much so. In mm-hmm. fact, that's often why we'll say don't uh, load up your 401k, get the match. Be sure you get the full match the employer has and then any excess if you can. If you have um, the ability to do an outside because of your income limits and so forth, do a Roth outside, do a, additional IRA contributions outside. Mm-hmm. And, right. Uh, 
you know, don't don't just throw it in that 401k because often it is so tilted toward just one or two asset classes and can yep. be whipsawed very quickly. So, and a lot of times we see that with people with multiple mutual funds. They think mm-hmm. I bought this one from uh, company X and I bought this one from company Y yep. and this one from company Z. So I'm I'm better diversified. But when you go looking at it, you basically have a whole bunch of large cap in all three and a lot of overlap. Yep. Uh, that's, so that's the big thing. You got to look at that and see yep. is everybody just doing the same thing. And all I've done is just triple down on it or double yeah, down. Basically, on it I got I got Microsoft like three times or whatever it might be. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Okay. Well, let's keep moving along then. So thou shalt sure. not give up on our strategy before it's given enough time to play out. Uh, I think that's a really good one. Sometimes we just jump from foot to foot, right? We play hot potato. Yeah, and and the way you avoid that is you have a strategy. You define what your objectives are and how you're going to go about it. It's it's just like anything. If you have a plan, then you know where you're going and why you're doing what you're doing and not doing other things. And then influences like this commercial I heard today where, you know, whatever happens tonight, the market's going to drive it and you ought to make a move based on that. You know, just to ignore that is that it's noise and all it's going to do is cost you in the long run. So if you have that plan, you know what you're doing, you know what your risks are, then you you can let that strategy play out. And sometimes you can go for a while and you can say, man, this just isn't seeming to work out. I'm not making as much as you know this market is making and, and I'm, I'm looking at it accurately in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm uh, diversified and so I'm looking at different uh, indexes to compare and all like that. And, and sometimes it just takes a little while for a basket of stocks to mature into themselves and, and work out. But if you'll stay the course, you, you will tend to do much better long term rather than making changes because every time you make a change, you increase the risk in your portfolio yeah. that's not been overcome by being in there and letting it mature into itself. Well, people push the panic button very quickly, and a lot of and I get it. Sometimes there's bigger circumstances that make us feel like we need to, but I'll sure. just use this as an example since you said we're taping this today on Tuesday the 29th. Yesterday, on Monday the 28th, the market was up, uh, I want to say, it was roughly, we'll call it the Dow or whatever, was up almost 3%. Well, the time we're taping this today, it's down uh, zero point oh, about a half a percent, basically. Mm, but okay. if you're if you're reacting daily or you're reacting weekly and to that panic button, right, or to the greed or the fear, or whatever the case is, then you wind up making maybe moves and stuff that you don't necessarily need to, and costing yourself more. And that's kind of the point, right? If you're having a plan, if you have a strategy, uh, you got to stay the course with it. Sometimes, what was it? Was it Warren Buffett that said if you're if you're not going to be in a stock for ten years, you shouldn't be in it for ten minutes? Yeah, yeah, I believe that was. Right. So, you know, you get the idea, folks. So, you know, at some point, yes, we have to relook at the strategy and say, okay, this isn't working anymore. But we don't do it on a weekly or even a monthly or even a, you know, bi monthly or quarterly basis. We have to give things some time to play out and work our way through those. Okay. Yeah. The way we do our our mix is that, uh, you know, we, we have some certain parameters that a company has to fall within to be included in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's in terms of size and style and that sort of thing. And if it falls out of that mix down in, in terms of the percentage, the percentile that it's in, then we will take it out of the portfolio. There's not a whole lot of that going right. on because a lot of times something might fall out of a large category into a small category. And so we still have it in the portfolio. It's just in a different segment. So gotcha. you're going to have that kind of thing happen, but you stay in the course in what your plan is, is the real key. 
You know, and speaking of moving things around too much, Mike, and, and maybe not giving this strategy enough time to play out, that's where you can jump into costs and fees a lot. And that's our kind of fourth, or excuse me, third type of financial commandment, if you will. You know, thou shalt not ignore the costs and fees. Because every time you start moving things around, you're costing yourself, not to mention whatever the product itself is. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, you might get a return of, say, 8% and have a 1% fee and think, gee, uh, well, I can go over here and get 10% on this thing instead. Right. Uh, but you might be paying a 3% fee. So when you net it all out, you're actually True. making more by getting a lower return. Uh, and, you know, on, and then you can get into weird conversations where I'd say, my advisor only charges me 1%. Okay, fine. But what is the actual product you're using charge? Or what is the fees inside there, right? There's more than just that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, a lot of times that's uh, the thing that is used as a lead by brokers and so forth is, Hey, I can get you 10% on this thing plus a bonus if you do it. But well, a couple of things to go with that. There are some pretty high fees internally on the thing. There's some limits as to what you can get. Right. And uh, also you typically are going to tie your money up where you can't get access to it without paying a big penalty to the company that uh, issued the product. So much better to maintain some uh, liquidity with your mix and that sort of thing so that uh, you do have some flexibility and um, you understand what the fees actually are that you're paying. Well, and there's so many of them hiding in there that sometimes there you do need you need to have a conversation because and we've done podcasts on those before. You can go check those out. We've got some uh, past ones where we talked about like loads and no loads and so on and so forth. And we'll do, uh, I'm sure, other shows coming up about the different types of fees to look for. But Mike makes a great point. Just in general, you know, value really comes back into play. Kind of like strategy is so important. So is the value you're getting for the service that you're receiving. You know, and so that way, if you feel like you, Mike, you and I could go grab a hamburger right now at mcdonald's right and and pay uh-huh. just a couple of bucks or we could go grab a much nicer one you know at a nicer restaurant uh get yeah. something really you know or get a really fancy gourmet burger if you will and it's going to cost us more but it's mm-hmm. probably going to taste better and probably be a little bit better for us on our insides as well <laughs> <laughs> right well. Yeah. so yeah. same idea right there's sometimes mm-hmm. there's nothing you're nothing's free so you're going to pay a fee but are you getting value for you know good value for the fees that you're paying so just bear that yeah, in mind exactly Okay. Yep. Uh, one more here, and I think that'll probably do it for us this week on the podcast. Uh, Thou shalt not overlook the importance of rebalancing and diversifying, kind of back to our point about just being all in large cap. Yeah. And in fact, if you are in all one asset class like that, like large company stocks, large cap, there isn't any rebalancing to be done. I mean, what do you rebalance with? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you you know, you want to have uh, some positions in different asset classes so that when you do have an asset class that is performing well versus another asset class that might be underperforming, you can sell the gains on your asset class that is outperforming, so to speak, that is doing better and buy more of the thing that's down and therefore rebalance your portfolio, not only in terms of keeping the percentages in the same in the different asset classes as you intended, but also maintaining your risk. Because quite frankly, if you just put something on autopilot, the more aggressive portions of your portfolio, they're going to tend to get bigger over time, which means that you're gradually increasing the risk in your portfolio. And you might be saying, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm a balanced investor. I'm moderate, you know, and all that kind of stuff. The market crashes. I'm not going to get all that crash. But if you don't pay attention to this thing for many, many years and you just let that portfolio go, you might hit a crash at a point where your aggressive portion of your portfolio, which is more likely the equity portion, has grown well beyond the percentage that it was intended to have there in order to have a moderate type risk. 
and you'll get a bigger downdraft than what you anticipated. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's where emotion can get driven to say, I got to make a change and get out of this. Mm -hmm. And that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. So we use different metaphors and analogies to to try to give people a chance to think about things a little bit differently because we all view the world in such different ways. So hopefully uh, you picked out a useful nugget or two in what we were discussing today, which is basically just kind of saying, hey, there's, you know, when it comes to some of these things, don't make absolutes as your, you know, as the resolve to things. Because a lot of times when you do that, you leave yourself no place to maneuver, no place to go. So if you need some help, make sure you're always talking with a qualified professional. Reach out to somebody like Mike. Uh, if it's not Mike, reach out to a qualified professional before you you know take any action. We always say that on our show or anything else that you hear, uh, whether it's commercials like Mike heard earlier today or uh, it's something that you might hear on the debates tonight or whatever the case is. Always see how it's going to affect you specifically before you take any action. And if you need help, Mike's available 336-668- 4338. That's 336-668-4338. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'd certainly appreciate it. If you enjoy the content and you'd like to keep getting new episodes, just simply give us a subscribe at whatever app or platform you use, like Apple or Google or Spotify. You can find it all at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Share the podcast with others that might benefit from it. And Mike's got 40-plus years of experience, so he's a great resource for you to tap into here in the Carolinas. All right, my friend. Well, I'm going to let you go, and uh, we'll talk soon, and I guess maybe we'll discuss what happened. Yeah, we will. Make yourself some popcorn tonight. Or get <laughs> nuts. There's going to be plenty of nuts on the screen, I'm sure, but anyway. <laughs> nice. Enjoy uh, the show. Yeah, really. Uh, the big the question, the real big question is, does anything actually get talked about of serious note, or is it just a whole right. lot of yelling at one another? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we will see. All right. Take All right. care, folks. We'll see you next time. We'll see you, Mike, here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders of Strategic Planning Corporation. So long. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.